Bonnie Glazer, director of the China Power Project at the Center for Strategic and International Studies. In this episode of the China Power Podcast, we're analyzing China's involvement in Central and Eastern Europe through the 16 plus 1 initiative. The 16 plus 1 framework was created by China in order to strengthen and expand its relationship with countries in the Central and Eastern European region, also known as CEE countries. The 16 is composed of 11 European Union nations and five Balkan states, and the one, of course, is China. Since its inaugural summit in Warsaw, Poland in 2012, the group has met on an annual basis to discuss areas of potential cooperation and engagement, with a particular focus on infrastructure, high technology, and green economy. To discuss the 16 plus 1 mechanism, China's investment in CEE countries, and the outcomes of the most recent 16 plus 1 summit, I'm joined by Justina Studlik. Dr. Studlik is head of the Asia-Pacific Program and a China analyst at the Polish Institute of International Affairs. Her research focuses on China's foreign policy, especially China-Central and East European relations, including, of course, China's relations with Poland. Justina, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you very much, Bernie. So uh, to start with, why was the 16 plus 1 mechanism created, and why did China decide to focus on these 16 countries in particular? To be frank, I would like to try to answer this question. I would like to focus on the one hand on Chinese official explanation and on the other one, um, on the other hand, on my perception why China created this mechanism. Because Chinese official explanation is that the PRC decided to reinvigorate the relation with the post-socialist states, with the states that uh, um, has long had diplomatic relations with China because we, I mean, countries launched diplomatic ties with China in mostly 1949. And because we are to some extent were neglected after the end of Cold War, uh, because China was focused on the western part of, of Europe or the old EU member states, so China decided to reinvigorate those relations. So this is the, the official explanation, which, to be honest, is not very convincing for me. Because, uh, for example, Belarus or Ukraine, Ukraine, which were part of the Soviet Union, uh, those countries are not uh, members of 16 plus 1. But um, Baltic states, which were part of the Soviet Union, are the members. So this explanation is not very convincing. So my understanding why China decided to create such mechanism, uh, I think that there are two main reasons. The first one is economic um, interest. Uh, and the second one is political interest. Economic interest because um, the mechanism was created in 2012, so after the global crisis uh, appeared. And uh, because the western part of, U of Europe, um, um, the economic situation after the crisis was not very good, but uh, eastern part of Europe coped quite well. Uh, with um, with the crisis, so China started to to how to say to find new markets um, for its export, bearing in mind that China is export-oriented country. Uh, so this is my understanding. So China 
was trying to secure existing but also find new ones just to 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 send to to, to this region this overcapacity or you know, this excessive manufacturing um uh, and these capacities but there are also some political consideration i think that uh, china decided to diversify its foreign policy portfolio just to to show that china can uh, can um reinvigorate relations with other parts of of uh, of europe or in the world and one practical reason i think that um for china as a huge country big country it is easier to deal with some kind of a region something bigger than with particular small countries from from central europe so for china it's so it was the reason why china created something bigger like this like this region which is to some extent an artificial um body because f- from our perspective from see countries from poland for example there is no such a re- region which consists of 16 countries uh because this this mechanism the 16 uh consists of baltic states v4 countries balkan states so it was an artificial grouping but for china it's easy to to deal with us so it is my my understanding why China decided to create this mechanism. So if you look at the interests of these 16 countries and Chinese interests, do you see areas in which uh, these interests intersect? And uh, then what are the areas where they diverge? Uh, yes, there are some interest convergence, but also some d- divergence. The interest convergence, they're also political and economic. Uh, if we look at this political convergence i think that for c countries it is important to have better relations with prc that we are because we are becoming more visible for for china which is a great power uh, this this mechanism gives us um, a possibility for intensive political dialogue with china every year the summits and every year the prime ministers could could meet with prime minister chinese prime minister uh, the visibility uh, of this region in China has increased dramatically. Uh, China is also used to some extent as a bargaining chip vis-a-vis the EU, and some countries could say that China is an alternative, for example, um, in case of some disputes with the EU. So in that sense, there is some some uh, interest convergence from the sea countries' perspective. For China, as I mentioned before, um, China is um, is becoming a significant player in Europe. There is a diversification of Chinese foreign policy portfolio, and China could, to some extent, try to how to say influence other countries. From the economic point of view, as I mentioned before, China needs export markets, but we would like to also have good economic cooperation with China, but also especially when you look at these Balkan states, um, they, are, they need infrastructure development. And China, because of this overcapacities, manufacturing overcapacities, would like to use uh, contractors or workforce um, money uh, that the countries um, need just for some infrastructure development. So in that sense, there's some interest convergence. If you are talking about some divergence, I think that um, there is some kind of uh, 
are differences between EU countries and non-EU member states because Chinese offer for economic offer uh, for uh, EU member states is not attractive because China offers loans and credits and of course we as EU members, uh, members, EU members could not use it. Um, on the one hand, on the, uh, on the other hand, we have access to EU funds, so it's not attractive. And of course, there's some criticism, criticism from the EU that China would like to divide and rule and to some extent um, try to influence the countries or even not to facilitate uh, those countries to be non-EU member states to be EU members in the future. China attaches an important role to the CEE countries in its Belt and Road Initiative. So what has been the relationship between the 16 plus 1 mechanism and the individual countries and and, and China's Belt and Road Initiative? How have these two worked together, or have they actually caused more friction? Well, it's difficult to answer this question about the relationship between 16 plus 1 and Belt and Road Initiative because of the fact that it's difficult to define what the Belt and Road Initiative is uh, and the same the same question with 16 plus 1 but uh, let me let me quote uh, one chinese official who deals with 16 plus 1 and um, when i was in china last year uh, this official told us that um, 16 plus 1 should assist bri development it was even sentenced that uh, so it's like exactly assist the Baltimore initiative. So in that sense, I think this, to some extent, this sentence is right, that Baltimore initiative is like an umbrella slogan on, in, or initiative, something broader. And what China needs is some um, sub-concepts or some um, lower-level instruments. And the 16 plus 1 is a kind of a lower-level instrument that China used this to deal with a group of countries. So in that sense, this 16 plus 1 is to some extent at the lower level mechanism under the Baltimore Initiative, it's my understanding. So how have the 16 plus 1 countries perceived the intentions of China in the Belt and Road? And is the cooperation going well? I assume it varies across countries. Yes, I think so. That there, there is no uh, because, as as I mentioned before, the 16 plus, 16 plus one or 16, there is no cohesive region which consists of 16 countries. So different countries have different uh, uh, understanding or different approach towards China or towards Chinese Belt and Road Initiative for 16 plus one. Um, and when we when I look at the 16 countries, I think that. Um, um, when we are talking about 16 plus 1, I think that there could be three groups of countries. The first one, which is rather positive attitude towards 16 plus 1, also I think about the Northern Initiative. Um, uh, I think that those countries are Balkan states, Hungary to some extent, which, uh, which has or pursues pretty pro-Chinese policy, also Czech Republic. But there are also some countries with uh, some neutral approach. They are mostly Baltic states and Slovakia. And countries or country, which is pretty critical. I mean, Poland is recently pretty critical about Chinese 
intentions or, or the cooperation on the both Belt and Road Initiative and 16 plus 1. So recently there was uh, a, uh, a summit, uh, the 7th 16 plus 1 summit in Bulgaria, and that was held in July. What was notable about this summit compared to the previous summits? What was, what was accomplished? Well, it was a very interesting summit, to be honest, the timing especially, and what, uh, what happened before the summit. Let me just say a few words of the background or some, uh, some context. Um, when the, le- the summit in 2017 uh, was held in Budapest in Hungary, it was December 2017, there were some speculations that probably um, uh, this formula reached its stagnation point because um, Hungary was not very happy to to underscore that it was 16 plus 1 summit. They tried to to, to show that Prime Minister Li Keqiang came to uh, Hungary just to have this bilateral visit. China was not very happy because it was very difficult to show any success. There was some problem with the flagship project on the 16 plus 1, which is Belgrade-Budapest railway uh, connection. And what is more, in March this year, now, it was also some information that probably that China is thinking about uh, maybe to change the frequency of the summits, not uh, every year, but every two years. So some rumors, there were some rumors that China is not very happy about the results of 16 plus 1, the fact that the EU is always uh, criticizing the summit, but the situation changed, and the summit was organized in Bulgaria, um, to be honest, half year earlier than Usually, in July, uh, yes, in July, and the timing was very interesting because the summit was organized just before EU-China summit, just before Li Li Keqiang's trip to to Germany. Before the summit, China also sent a signal to Germany that Germany could attend the summit, also other EU member states or even they could create something like a platform of cooperation between 16 16 countries, China and Germany. And in that sense, I think that it is a good example that China is trying to use the summit as a political tool. Why? Because China, especially this year, has problems with the EU, because the EU is not very happy with Belt and Road Initiative. EU is working on investment screening, and of course, because of the problem with the United States and the trade war. So what China was trying to do is to um, show EU that uh, could uh, invite, for example, Germany to some extent, maybe not like a member state, but like to create some mechanism of cooperation, could organize summit uh, not every year, but every two years, just to, to have to, to win some friends in the EU maybe to, to have this investment screening not very, uh, how to say, sharp for China and just to have maybe the united, united uh, how to say, voice in terms of uh, trade war with the U.S. So you talked earlier about countries being in these three different categories um, regarding the, their attitudes towards the Belt and Road. So if you look more broadly at their attitudes towards uh, China, um, have they been? Have these attitudes of the 16 countries been trending in a positive or a negative uh, direction? And and if there have been changes in those attitudes towards China, what's the reason for those changes? 
Well, about changes, I think that there are some examples of changes for some pro-Chinese policy, and I think that Hungary is a good example of Czech Republic. But one disclaimer, Hungary policy towards positive policy towards China is not a new phenomenon. Prime Minister Orban is pretty pro-Chinese, so it is not a new policy. But yes, recently, I think that we, I can say that almost 100% of Chinese proposals are endorsed by, by Hungary. There are also uh, examples of um, Czech Republic with a President Zeman who changed to some extent Czech, Czech Republic policy towards China, because previously Czech Republic focused mostly on pretty good relation, if I may put it in this way, with Taiwan or Tibet. But now Prime, uh, President Zeman is pretty pro-Chinese. But once again, one disclaimer, um, um, it is a policy of, prime, of president government pursue a little bit different policy, but generally speaking, we can say that Czech is pretty pro-Chinese. Of course, of course, Balkan states are also, they have good relations with China. Some change of approach, I think it's, it's in case of Poland, it's pretty obvious that, um, that we are pretty critical about the 16 plus one formula, about uh, the fact that our relations, despite the fact that we are called as a strategic partners, that our economic cooperation is not good. So this is the attitude, the change of attitude. Also, in the case of Poland, we are thinking about our attitude towards investments. We are also pretty, our approach is, like, is a kind of a measured approach comparing to the, to, the, to the previous years due to the lessons learned from what China is doing in the Balkan states and using this loans and credit-based investment scheme also what China is doing in in the western part of the EU or the United States about about I'm thinking about taking uh, takeovers of high tech companies and so on so it's difficult to say um, about one 16 countries approach towards China but there is a kind of changes towards more pro-Chinese and sometimes like some measured approach toward China. So when China develops its relations with each of these 16 countries, um, does it understand deeply the uh, the differences among them, the domestic politics within the, the countries, and then use different tactics towards each of them? Um, uh, is it, are, its, are its tactics different from country to country? Well, to be honest, I'm not sure if um, um, under the 16 plus one, China used different tactics. One example, uh, I think, which is very interesting, uh, when this, uh, the 16 plus one was created in, in April 2012, and the first summit was in Warsaw, China announced the, um, some, some measures to, to invigorate relations with us. And the main um, message to us, or the main proposal, was the credit, was the credit line, uh, which is, of course, not for us. I mean, not for EU member states. Um, they are pretty. This this line is pretty attractive for non-EU member states. And to be honest, from the very beginning, we, as the EU member states, we um, we express our concerns that it's not offer for us. But China still uses the same uh, the same um, the same offer or the same mechanism. So in that sense, to some extent, China prepared something, um, um, some kind of offer which is one for everybody. But we are different countries, as as 
because, um, as you mentioned it in, in the introduction, that 11 of those countries are EU member states, five are not. So in that sense, China used the same offer for all of us, um, despite the fact that the, the, the formula exists for six years, and many times, even we as experts, meetings with Chinese officials, we, we, says that, we say that we are different, we are not, uh, um, we are not the same, we are the smaller countries, uh, bigger countries with different uh, economic situation and so on. But in that sense, when you look at some economic offer, this, this offer is the same. I want to read you a, just a short quote from the Macedonian uh, President Ivanov last year uh, said to The Telegraph, the European Union is leaving its door open for the Chinese and Russian strategic encroachment in the Balkans because of its abject failure to engage and invest in the region. And this is an interesting charge that we hear uh, in other places around the world, such as Africa, where many African countries say that China is moving into a space where European countries and the United States and others, even Japan, are not investing enough. So is that is that fair? Is that part of the problem that the door is just being left open to Chinese investment because other countries are ignoring uh, places like the Balkans? Well, I think it's um, the statement is truth. And what China is doing is like filling the space like water. Um, and I think that in case of Balkans, it's it's the true story. And one example just just to 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 vindicate this, this statement or this my understanding is that for example Balkan states uh, use uh, China as a bargaining chip vis-à-vis the EU and what is very interesting um, um, that the, the, those countries the bargaining chip means that for example we can we have China that uh, and China could be an, an alternative to the EU for example. And one important issue is that, for example, this year in February, as I as I remember correctly, uh, the EU presented its new uh, enlargement perspective in the Western Balkans, and to some extent, uh, this um, this could be a result of Chinese but also Russian engagement in the region, that because other countries entered or trying to enter this region, which was is or was neglected to some extent by the EU, for example. So now, because there are new players in this region, so so the EU uh, prepared like a new perspective or new strategy. So in that sense, there is a kind of a rivalry uh, in this uh, in this region be- between China, Russia, and now the EU, which which presented something new for for those countries, for them, for for the. Um, accession to the EU. When the Chinese invest in uh, CEE countries, uh, do you think that this comes with an expectation that Beijing has that these countries will support China's positions in the United Nations um, and elsewhere? Uh, So one example I would cite is that in March 2017, Hungary was said to have pressured the EU uh, not to sign a joint letter that criticized China for human rights abuses. And some people pointed to this as a direct result of China's investment, its influence on uh, on uh, on Hungary. Uh, so is, is this a typical case? And, and is this a lesson for 16 plus one countries? Well, about Hungary, and of course, it's difficult to say 100% that uh, 
uh, it is a result of 16 plus 1. Uh, because to be honest, 16 plus 1, from my understanding, is a kind of a, um, how to say, China's multilateral bilateralism mechanism. That is not exactly a, that um, it is a mechanism which should facilitate relations between China and particular countries. That for China is easier to deal with uh, with those countries having this, this grouping. But going back to the uh, Hung, um, uh, example of Hungary, uh, as I mentioned before, Hungary, generally speaking, has a pro-Chinese policy and accepts many of Chinese proposals. Ch um, Hungary openly supports um, granting China market economy status. Uh, Hungary was were uh, among countries that would like um, that uh, trying to make softer stance about hug ruling when the EU was preparing a statement. Um, uh, so in that sense, it's difficult to say if it's a direct result of 16 plus 1, but um, I'm, I should say that um, uh, about some investments or Chinese, uh, uh, Chinese um, how to say, presence in these countries, an investment that, that, that I think that there are some expectations from Chinese side that those countries could present some positive stance towards Chinese uh, Chinese proposal. So finally, um, could you talk a little bit about Poland's relationship with uh, with China and particularly its view of the sixteen plus one mechanism? Is this helping uh, Warsaw to advance an agenda? Uh, with China, or is this mechanism actually hampering uh, its ability to promote bilateral relations? And, and maybe you could just talk a little bit about uh, just a few of the issues in Poland's relationship with China, which, which you implied earlier um, are a bit problematic. Well, about the Poland view, Poland's view on the, of the 16 plus 1 mechanism, I, I think that it should be, I should say that is a, that a kind of an evolution. Because when the uh, formula was created in 2012. Poland, to some extent, was engaged in the, in the establishment because the first summit was in Warsaw. Uh, at the time, we, I mean, Poland was a little bit uh, cautious because it was the summit took place five months after our our president's trip to China when we uh, elevated our relation to strategic partnership. And, and, uh, and at that time, there was some uh, some concerns that maybe this 16 plus 1 could cast a shadow on our bilateral relations. But later on, we, the, our mindset is it, that this 16 plus 1 could be perceived as an additional channel for contacts with Chinese officials. Um, but recent and end at time, because we are pretty positive as an additional channel and that the process of reinvigoration of relations were um, we also were perceived in China to some extent as an informal leader of uh, of the 16 countries because Poland is the biggest um, country within the 16. Uh, but recently, I think that it's pretty obvious that our our attitude changed a little bit. First of all, because of the lack of economic effects of participation of 16 plus one. Uh, and the result is our growing, growing skepticism about this formula because our trade deficit is expanding. It's, it's um, um, not many Chinese interesting investment offer. 
Uh, also, um, because of various 16 plus 1 mechanisms, because 16 plus 1 is not only the this, this Prime Minister's Summit, but other, other lower-level mechanism meetings and so on, um, these this meetings require the involvement of the Chinese administration, and it limits the possibilities of progress in Poland-China relations. Uh, also, um, the process of negotiation of guidelines, uh, which is the main product of the summit, it's not very easy because China would like to um, to impose a narrative we don't want to accept. So there is some kind uh, some kind of um, difficulties, uh, and uh, in that sense, we are not very happy with this with this formula. And to be honest, we send a signal. Uh, that uh, we changed a little bit our approach that because uh, in, in Sofia during the latest summit, Poland was represented by the deputy prime minister, not a prime minister, and China noticed it. Uh, to be honest, we, we met with, with several Chinese delegation here in my institute and Chinese, um, uh, our Chinese guests said, said that they, they noticed this, um, this message that Poland change approach a little bit, that uh, that we are not now the number one from the Chinese perspective within 16, uh, 16 plus one. For China, num- there are two number ones uh, within the 16 is Hungary and Serbia. And it is pretty clear, uh, clear message from Chinese uh, or Chinese experts, for example, visiting our institute. So, um, so this is the the change of the, the of this approach in in Poland, uh, but to my understanding, I think it's better to be uh, in the 16 plus one because we, as a biggest country, or being inside, um, we have to say um, there is a path, there is an access to to what China is doing. We are taking part in the process of formulating this, uh, for example, guidelines as the main products of the of the uh, of the summit. Also, in my understanding, it's good to be there um, because there is an opportunity to persuade the Chinese side of the importance of our relations, for example, with the United States, the EU membership, also for signaling some concerns about Russia's policy because we are not very happy about uh, Chinese positive or close relations with Russia. Yes, I would say engagement is a good lesson for all of us. Disengaging would have some negative consequences, and uh, I think the United States uh, should be should be doing more engagement with China as well. Um, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. We've been talking with uh, Dr. Justina Studlik, who's head of the Asia Pacific Program at the Polish Institute of International Affairs. Thanks for doing the podcast with us. Thanks, Bonnie, for having me in this show. Thank you very much.